but we've started a brand new series. And actually, if you're visiting here this morning, if this is the first time you've come to Connect, we are so pleased you came. Maybe a friend invited you. Maybe you, uh, you heard about us from a friend. Maybe you just drove by and saw the flags and thought, I wonder what that is. And uh, whatever brought you here, we're thrilled you came. I hope you come again and again. Uh, and you've actually picked a really good Sunday to come because this morning we're actually beginning a brand new series. So if you're not going to catch up on anything or try and jump in halfway, we're beginning week one of um, what's going to be a, I, I tell you, I, I, I'm excited because I know what it's about and I'm, I'm kind of um, getting a lot of the, the stuff ready for it. So I'm really kind of excited about this series. It's called Slaying Giants. And um, it's going to be a really good series. It's going to go for the next seven weeks. So a big part of the summer, we'll be looking at this series. And um, this morning, week one, I'm going to kick this all off. And the idea is that, you know, when it comes to slaying giants, that we have that we have problems in our life. You know, the world we live in is full of problems. And they, they come in all shapes and sizes, these particular problems. You know, some are kind of minor frustrations. Others are like major problems. You know, as you travel around the world, you'll see that problems are, are looked at very differently. Like if you went to a third world country, for example, maybe Africa or some parts of South America or parts of Asia, uh, you would discover what we've called third world problems. That could be access to clean drinking water, um, food, you know, a lack of food or a lack of medicine, medical supplies, uh, simple injections and simple uh, medicine to help cure curable diseases. So, so they would be called third world problems. But did you know that uh, here in the United States, here in the Western Hemisphere, that we now have started to develop our own first world problems? Did you know that? Maybe some of you have heard people talk about this, that, um, you know, we, we too suffer these terrible problems living here in the first world. And I'm sure people around the world are, are sympathetic to the, the plights that we find ourselves in. And I want to take a, a second here just to kick off this this morning and look at some of these first world problems. You'll be pleased to know there's actually a Twitter account just devoted to first world problems. That's how bad they are. So we're going to look at a few of those tweets here this morning, okay? So uh, you can follow along with me up on the screen. Here's one here. It's a first world problem. Number one. I feel betrayed because a Facebook friend took a link I sent in a message and made it his status. Those should be my likes. That's a first world problem, okay? That's not really a major, but for some of us, it's like, no, seriously, he's getting my likes. Okay, how about this one? My credit card expired. Now I have to update every online store and service where it is saved. Isn't that so annoying? I, this just happened to me recently. My credit card changed. I had to go through and update all these online accounts. Tragic. How about this one? I had some leftover chips, so I opened some dip. Then I had some dip left over, so I opened another bag of chips. Then I had too many chips. It's amazing we get through a week with these kind of problems that we're facing here in the first world on a regular basis. How about this? My heart goes out to the person who had to send this. I have to get out of my car and go inside the bank to withdraw more than $500. Can you imagine that? I mean, that's like finding a space, getting out, locking the car, going in. I mean, that's, that's a lot of work. I've got to be honest, as an Englishman who's moved here, I just love that America is like designed for drive through I mean, there's drive through everything. It's fantastic, and it's spoiling me. I, I go back to England now, and there's most fast food restaurants. You have to go to the counter to order your food, and I get frustrated. My friends back in England are like, man, you're so American. How about this one? I had to wake up at 4 a.m. to go on vacation. <laughs> 
oh man, we're going to spend a week on the beach in Florida. But you know what? We had to get up at 4 a.m. to get our flight. It was awful. We had to get up so early. <laughs> this one, I like this. When the waiter walked by at Olive Garden, my mouth was so full of breadsticks, I couldn't ask him to bring more breadsticks. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> You know, I'm going to read this and you're going to laugh. I know every one of you at some point has been here and been, this has become a major problem in your life. The gas pump I used didn't have the little latch thingy, so I had to hold the lever down the whole time. Like two whole minutes, I had to stand there just holding it. Where's the latch thingy? Oh, this last one. This has happened to me before. I like this one. I parked in the available space, which was next to a, ba- next to a badly parked car. So when they left, it looked like my car was the badly parked car. (laughs) Tragic! These are first world problems. And let's be honest, I've got a feeling that there are people living in third world countries right now that their hearts break when they hear about the tough life that we have here in the United States of America. But the reality is, you know, if we think about it long and hard, we probably go through our days identifying things that we think are problems that really, on the grand scale of things, aren't really problems. In fact, even some of the the more major hurdles that we come across in life, even some of the the bigger um, problems that we face in life, sometimes either have a way of working themselves out, or we ourselves, we figure out a solution, and we get through it, and we work our way through it. So what we tend to do is sometimes we give um, these problems probably more credit than they really deserve. But having said that, I do think that from time to time, we do come across something that is more of a major problem. I think from time to time, every one of us has probably hit a situation or a circumstance in their life, and it's much more of a major problem. In fact, for this series, we'll be calling them giants. And these giants, they're the kind of giants that that just seem indestructible. They just, in fact, sometimes they often sneak up on us. We weren't ready for them, and suddenly there they are in our lives. Oftentimes they may start small and not seem too threatening, but suddenly they gain size and stature. And before we know it, these are big giants and they're intimidating us and they're wearing us down. And over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at a few of these giants. And we're going to be pinpointing some giants that, that we've dealt with ourselves. You know, Casey and I, this is um, a brand new church, Connect Church. We started this church back in September of last year. We had some wonderful people that came alongside us and helped us kind of get this church up and running. And now you guys come every Sunday and we get new people that still come. And what we found in the last seven or eight months as, as, as lead pastors, you know, this is kind of new to us. We've, we've had lots of conversations with people and we've, we've come across some of these giants. So every one of these giants that we're going to talk about over the next five weeks, um, we've actually come across here in Connect Church. We've, we've, we've in, um, encountered here in, in people's lives. So the five giants that we're going to look at with, with real um, depth are these following five. It's debt, anxiety, divorce, loss, and doubt. Debt, anxiety, divorce, loss, and doubt. Because we've discovered that all of these are real problems that affect real people. And I'll tell you what here this morning, if you haven't personally been affected by at least one of these problems, I guarantee you that someone that you love or care about has. And we're going to learn some, some tools, we're going to learn some strategy here to slay in these particular giants in our lives. Because the reality is you may not be battling one of these giants right now. 
But you will learn over the course of this series how to slay them for if or probably when they arise in your lives. And the truth is that maybe you've looked through that list there and already you're identifying a giant in your life that's not on that list. I still think that some of the keys, some of the things we're going to talk about, we're going to look at some verses and some, some truth from the Bible that's going to help us. Some of that could even unlock some of those doors, could even defeat some of those giants that weren't on that list. And listen, if you're here this morning, maybe you're visiting, maybe your friends invited you to come, maybe they've kept on and on and finally like, okay, I'll come, just stop going on. And you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe this is kind of new to you. Maybe you're not sure about this. Maybe you're just here checking this out. That, that's okay. We love having you here. And I want to tell you, I think you're going to love this series. Because a lot of these giants, they affect everyone, whether you're following Jesus or not. These are real giants that affect real people. And we're going to give some real practical insights that um, whether you follow Jesus or not, you could still apply in your life to help work against some of these giants. But I want to talk to you as well this morning if you're here and you are a follower of Jesus. Because if you're here and you've surrendered your life to Jesus and you've said, I want to follow you um, with all of my heart. You know what you're going to discover is that these giants, they still affect you. You know, sometimes I think we think we follow Jesus and we'll be safe from all the giants. and, And that couldn't be further from the truth. In fact, Jesus himself even prepared us for this. He spoke to those disciples in the last days before his death. And he, he'd had a great few years with these disciples. He'd been in, in ministry and they'd seen some amazing things happen. They'd seen miracles take place. They'd seen people healed. They'd seen incredible things happen. But in those last few days of his ministry, he sat them down. And he, he, he kind of got serious with them and he said, listen... I know we've seen some incredible things happen. I know we've seen the sick healed. I know we've seen uh, amazing miracles take place. But I want to tell you, as you go on and you follow me, it's going to be hard. There's going to be difficult times ahead. A guy by the name of John is one of the the four authors who who gives us an account of the life of Jesus. And in his account of Jesus' life in John chapter 16, verse 33... He quotes Jesus as saying, and, and this is the verse you saw in the video earlier on, but we're going to read it again together. John 16, 33. Jesus is saying to the disciples, and I think he's saying to all of us this morning as well. He's saying, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. He's saying, listen, here on earth, you're going to face giants, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So in order to to learn how to slay these giants, what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at the experience of the greatest giant slayer of them all. You may have heard of this guy. He was a young man. His name was David. Great name, David. Okay, pretty famous guy. And he went up against a giant by the name of Goliath. And we're going to spend some time looking at this story of David and Goliath. We can read the account, even though it took place over a thousand years before the birth of Jesus. We can read about it in a book called 1 Samuel, this, this first book of a guy by the name of Samuel, verse, chapter 17. And we're going to read it in a second, but it's such a famous story that still today people talk about it. 
You know, still today, you'll hear sportscasters as they're announcing an event where maybe uh, one team is pitted against another team, and, and this team is really the underdog, and this team here, they are, they are the favorites to win. Sometimes you, you hear it spoken about in a situation, maybe a business situation, where you've got a corporation and, and one individual is going up against that corporation. Maybe an injustice was done and they're, they're suing this corporation and it's just one guy against the massive machine. And whether it's sports or business or anything else, you hear people say, man, we've got ourselves a David and Goliath situation here. We've got ourselves a real situation of something small going against something very big and very mighty and very powerful. And it all traces back to this story about two individuals, one named David and a giant named Goliath. So this morning we're going to look at the story of David and Goliath. And that's where we're going to kick off the series and I had to be honest with you this morning that as I was preparing for this, I, I planned on just really kind of kicking off this series on, on slaying giants, just telling the story of David and Goliath just today. And then next week, we were going to launch into actually looking at these specific giants. But the more I studied this David and Goliath story, the more information I was finding and the more truths I was finding. It was just awesome as I was getting into it. And I'm thinking, man, I've got a couple of choices here. I either just like speak for over an hour because there's so much good stuff here. But I knew that some of you would be like, Dave, the World Cup's on. I know. A lot of you are really keen to get back and see that soccer game. I know you're all big fans, just like me. But um, I thought, you know, let's spread this over two weeks. So this introduction to this series, we're going to start today and we're going to continue on next Sunday. So um, I'd love to tell you that because I've broken it in two and we're split into two weeks, that this morning will be half as long. Not the case. Okay, so it's going to be just as long as normal. But um, this week we're going to kind of start off and then next week will be part two. So you're definitely going to want to come along next week. But part one this morning is titled The Problem with Giants. Okay, so the title of this morning's message is The Problem with Giants. And we're going to read together, and you can follow along up on the screens there. If you've got a Bible app on your phone or if you brought a Bible with you, we're reading from 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's in the Old Testament. It's a great story. So let's read this together. It says, The Philistines now mustered their army for battle, and they camped between Soko in Judah and Isaiah at Ephes Damim. Saul countered by gathering his Israel, Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. Now this is fascinating. I've been reading and studying this. You've got these two mighty armies that basically have come to face one another and they're on opposite hills with a valley in between. We're going to talk about that in just a second here. Then Goliath a Philistine champion from Gath came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight, he called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. 
If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. And then jumping ahead from verse 11 to verse 16, it says, For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion, this giant named Goliath, he strutted in front of the Israelite army. So it's a great story. And the truth is, I think probably many of us are familiar with this particular story of David and Goliath. And this morning, what I want to do is we kind of launch into this series of giant slayers. I want to look at this story of a, a giant that, is, that was slayed. And, and this week, as part one of the introduction, we're just going to focus on the problem with giants. Okay? Because uh, I don't know if you realize this or not, but there is a problem with giants. Okay? So, so that's where we're going to go this morning. We're going to look at the problem with giants. So we're going to have a couple of uh, look through and have three, three ideas here as we look at the life of Goliath here and the problem with giants. So the first one, and you're going to be so glad if you came to church this morning because this is deep. Okay, some of you have come to church this morning thinking, Dave, I want you to give me some real deep truth from the Bible. I want you to go real deep here, real profound. Okay, so you're going to get that right here. Because point one, the first problem with giants is they're big. Did you get that? I'm going to say that again because it needs to sink in, all right? Because that's pretty, pretty heavy stuff there. They're heavy too. Um, the, <laughs> the problem with giants is, I just made that up. The problem with giants is they're big. Okay, now you might think, well, duh, I know that. But, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. That is probably one of the biggest problems with giants is that they're big. Okay, so you've got the Philistines here and you've got the Israelites and they're looking at this massive guy. The Bible says he's over nine feet tall. And I'm thinking, man, if he was a basketball player, awesome. That's a great guy to have. I mean, I, is it 10 feet? Is that how high a basketball hoop is? Someone, yes, thank you. One sports fan here nodding. So, so at nine feet tall, I mean, that guy doesn't need to know how to dunk. He just stands there. You know, anyone in the team just throws it in his direction. He grabs it and he just drops it into the hoop. Great guy to have if he's on your team. Awful guy to have if he's on the other team, okay? If you're playing against his team and he's on the other side. Even more awful if it's not a basketball team that we're talking about here. But it happens to be an army. And he's on the other side. And he has a spear that the head of the spear is, is heavier than a bowling ball. I mean, this is a nine-foot guy who's, who's covered in all of this army. Imagine what that must have been like. Because you see, you need to understand the situation here in this particular battle. You've got two armies that were in this very key place. They were both fighting for possession. The Israelites owned the land right now. And the Philistines were coming in to take the land because this particular land gave access to the Mediterranean, which in those days would have been a very powerful place to have access to the sea, access to, to merchants, all that kind of thing. So the Philistines thought, you know what? I want that. So they meet the Israelites at this very famous battle, this very famous valley where many battles have been fought since. And they actually find themselves on two opposing hills so they can see each other. I mean, they're close enough that they can see each other. But they're in this kind of stalemate because both armies were pretty evenly matched. Now, the Bible doesn't specifically tell us that, but it does tell us stories where there were, by, that there were armies that weren't matched well. 
We know of stories where, where there were armies that went to fight enemies of God and, and they were outnumbered 10, 50, 100 to 1 and yet they still won the victory because God was on their side and some, some great stories like that. But in this particular instance, it doesn't say that. So we have to assume that these armies were pretty evenly matched. So there they are facing each other, valley in between. So neither army was prepared to advance because what that meant was going down into the valley and coming up the hill to the opposing army, which really in, in military um, terms was a suicidal idea. Because if you're coming up a hill to attack another army, I mean, you are just so vulnerable. That army can just fire down upon you and, and it will be a very difficult battle to win. So they're in this stalemate where they're on opposite sides facing one another. So the Philistines, they decide to do what's quite common in those particular days. They send Goliath to ask what was called, um, or to ask for what was called single combat. So in those times, to avoid massive amounts of bloodshed, very often armies would select their greatest warrior to go against an opponent's greatest warrior, and they would do what was called single combat. And they'd say, listen, rather than send all our men out, to fight one another. Let's just take our best man, your best man, and it's winner takes all. We'll send our best warrior against your warrior, and whoever wins is the winner. So that's what's going on here. The Philistines are saying, hey, listen, let's not fight. We'll just send our guy to fight your guy. And even though, even though the Israelites knew they had God on their side, this giant was bigger than anyone they had to offer. No one in the Israelite camp came close to this nine-foot giant. So they're looking at this big giant, and they're seeing this big problem. And if you think about it today, isn't that how giants in our lives can be? Bigger than any possible solution we can think of. And for some of us here this morning, you may be a follower of Jesus. And even having God on our side doesn't seem to help us believe that we can defeat this giant that we see in our lives. You know, one of the giants we're going to talk about here in a few weeks' time is anxiety. Anxiety is a real problem. It's a physical response to worry in our lives. And it's our body's way of responding to that. And, and Case and I, we've talked to people here in our church who have, who have struggled with that. It's a giant that seems to have no solution big enough to overcome it. I've spoken to wonderful people here who love Jesus, who serve him wholeheartedly, and yet are still battling against this giant. Because the week we talk about that, we're going to find out it's not about how much you love God. You can love God with all of your heart, and yet still this giant can attack. And we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk each week about each giant and just some things that will help us work our way through that. Because these giants in our lives, they just seem big, bigger than anything we can muster up to fight back at times. So let me tell you the, another problem here this morning with giants. Another problem I find here when I look at this story of Goliath is that the, as well as being big, the second thing is they just love to let you know they're there. They just love to let you know they're there. You know what, if you think about it, I don't think giants would be that much of a problem if they would just sit quietly over in the corner. I'm fine. You, you want to be, that's fine. Just sit over there, mind your own business. You can stay there. I'm all right with that. But unfortunately, giants aren't like that. They tend to get in our face and they tend to, to make a nuisance of themselves. And that's exactly what giants, what Goliath was doing here. You know, the Philistines could have easily sent a messenger 
They could have sent a messenger up there on, on horseback and said, hey, we've had an idea on how we can settle this. We've got this guy, Goliath, and if you've got one of your guys, maybe they could meet down there in the middle. They could have a fight, and whoever wins that fight. But really, that kind of defeats the purpose of having a giant on your side. If you've got a giant on your side, you don't want to send a messenger. You want that giant standing front and center, shouting in the face of the enemy, hey, who wants some of this? So they send Goliath out with this message. And he stands there. It says, Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. And he stood and he shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. That giant wants to make sure that every Israelite soldier knew he was there. So he didn't just shout he taunted. He's like mocking them. He's, he's just trying to stir up a fight. I was thinking about this, and it, it took me back to my days in school, and, and maybe some of you in high school, you've encountered this, where, where that was that situation out on the playground one day. I don't know if you guys call it the playground. That's what we called it. But outside, you know, we were in the playground, and, and something happened. Someone pushed someone or something, and suddenly you can see this fight is about to develop. And you see like a crowd starts to gather around. You see these two individuals. There'll be guys for the purpose of this story. These two guys face one another. And he's like, hey, what did you push before? I didn't push you. You pushed me. Yeah? Yeah, do you want to make something of it? Well, yeah. yeah how, about, how about you and I, we, we go at it right now. Yeah? All right. Then, then how about you do this? And Well, yeah. If, if you don't do this, I'm going to come over there and I'm going to hit you. Yeah? Well, why didn't you come over and hit me? And, and, and you're watching this. And I don't know if this happened to your school. I can remember this happening. And it just went on and on and on. Yeah? Well, maybe I will hit you. Well, maybe I'll hit you back. Well, maybe you should try and hit me first. Well, maybe, you know, and, this, and no one ever hits anyone. <laughs> it's just a lot of taunting and a lot of shouting and a lot of, you know, because very often, you've got these two guys sizing each other up thinking, I don't want to hit this guy. I don't want this guy to hit me. But I'm not going to back down, so I'm going to do some shouting. I'm going to do some taunting. But most of the time, they don't have what it takes to back up the taunt they're giving. But I thought about it, and I thought, you know, when this guy taunts, I think he's really taunting. I think he's saying, hey, who wants to fight? No, I'm serious. I'm totally ready now. <laughs> Come on. This wasn't someone just taunting, trying to appear more mature than they were. This guy, his bite really was as bad as his bark. He really could back up what he was taunting the Israelites with. And he's screaming at them. And he's shouting at them. And you know, I see that today with these giants that we're going to be talking about. That they don't just sit quietly in our lives, but it's like they taunt us on a regular basis. That these giants that we battle against, that they're there reminding us constantly that they're there and taunting us and, and giving us a hard time. You know, one of the giants we're going to look at in a few weeks' time is loss. And the idea of, of losing a, a loved one in our lives. You know, inevitably, every one of us will face this giant at some point in our lives. Benjamin Franklin had a famous quote. He says, the only thing you can be certain of in life is, is death and taxes. And that's so true, that every one of us will, will face death at some point in our lives. So for many of us here, we've already experienced that. We've lost a loved one or, or a relative or a friend. And for the most part, I would say probably most of us, it's been through, you know, old age or, or sickness, you know, and, and we've just accepted, you know, that's part of the, the circle of life. You know, this, this idea that life eventually comes to an end. But you know what? Some, and even though that's painful and sad, for others, there are those sudden, unexpected, tragic situations. The ones we weren't prepared for when a, a tragic loss comes along. And that giant of loss, that, he just, he's a lot harder to battle. 
Because he's there and he's, it's like he's kind of taunting us. I remember hearing somebody say once they'd lost a loved one and um, through a tragic, unexpected circumstance. They said every day, and this was months, maybe even years after the event had happened, they still carried the, the weight of that through their days. And they said, you know, the best part of the day for me is when I wake up in the morning. Because there's this moment when I wake up and I'm still kind of half asleep. And I haven't fully woken up and I'm just feeling at peace and I'm just feeling good laying there in bed. And then suddenly at some point during that waking up process, I'll remember. And my stomach tightens up and I remember that situation. And then from then on, throughout the rest of the day, that loss, I carry it with me. I'm thinking, man, that giant, he doesn't just sit there. There's that constant reminder, that constant taunting. So we're going to talk about loss one week, and we're going to talk about some, some keys to help us through that because many of us have battled that giant. So the third one, the final one, is this. Is the problem with giants is it's not just that they're big, and it's not just that they're loud, and they are. They're loud and obnoxious, and they remind us that they're there all the time. The third problem that I find with giants when I look at this particular story is that they appear to get bigger. That they appear to get bigger. Now, in some situations, they actually do get bigger. Some of these giants in our lives, they they do. They get bigger and bigger and more out of control. But in this story, Goliath never got any bigger. It doesn't say he started out at nine feet and by the end of the story, he was ten feet. No, nothing says anything about him changing. But listen, I want you to picture this scene and you imagine with me how you think Goliath looked in the eyes of the Israelites. Because you see, you've got these two armies. They're pretty evenly matched. They probably arrived at that point feeling pretty confident, both sets about their battle, until Goliath enters the fray. He's big and he's loud. And listen to what else. It says in verse 16, For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. What kind of effect do you think that would have had on those Israelites? Every day, for over a month, for 40 days, he would come out in front of that army and he would strut backwards and forwards, shouting at them, Who's going to fight me? Every day, day in, day out. I just was thinking about those Israelites sat, camped on that hill, wondering how they were going to win this battle. And every day, sitting next to each other as soldiers, thinking, is it me or is he bigger? I think he's bigger. He he wasn't that big yesterday. I think he's grown. I think that dude over there is getting bigger. Yesterday, I think I could have taken him. I'm not sure today because I'm pretty sure he's bigger today. Has he got another spear? That spear is definitely longer. That, that spearhead, that's like a bowling ball. They had lots of bowling balls back there. That's, that's a massive spearhead. And every day he came out, and every day they didn't do something about it. I think in their minds, psychologically, they were losing a battle that hadn't even started. Every day, Goliath came out and taunted and shouted at them. Every day, it got a little bit harder in their minds to see how they could ever beat this giant. That's the problem with giants. Every day, they're there. They just seem to get a little bit bigger. They just seem to get a little bit more intimidating, a little bit more in control. And every day, we're thinking, I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to beat that. 
You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was going around my house and pulling some weeds in the yard. And those who know me know I work really hard on our yard <laughs> to try and keep it as beautiful as possible. So um, I try and at least keep the grass green, and we're getting there on that one. So, um, so now I'm actually trying to get control of the weeds and, and get them out of there. And I went around the side of the house. And I don't know if I just hadn't been around there in a while, but around the side of the house, near where the hose is, there's this, like, I, th- I thought someone had planted a tree. I mean, this thing's like about t- almost two or three feet tall. It's growing up, and the, I'm thinking, man, look at that weed. That's not a weed. That's like a small tree. Something, and I need to go and pull that out. So I've been pulling out a few by hand, and, and I know that you don't want to just snap them. You want to try and pull them up from the roots, you know. So, so I've been doing that with these little ones. It's been fine. I get to this tree there, and I'm like, man. So I kind of grab that, and this thing isn't moving. I mean, this thing is like in deep. I mean, it's, so now I'm grabbing it with both hands. And have you ever done this at all where you're like pulling and you want to pull as hard as you can, but you know that at any second now it's going to give and you're going to fall backwards. So you don't want to pull too hard, but you want to pull hard enough. So that's what I'm doing. I'm going through this hole. And as I'm doing this, this ridiculous thing, fortunately it was behind the house. No one could see this ridiculous guy, what he was doing with this weed, you know, shaking it, pulling it. But I'm thinking, do you know what? I really wish I'd pulled this up a few weeks ago. It would have been a lot easier. Because I bet a few weeks ago, this was half this side. In fact, I bet a month ago, this was just that I could have pulled up with one hand. But here I am with all my strength trying to pull this thing out of the ground. And as I was thinking about Goliath, I was thinking, isn't that true of giants? The longer they stick around, the, the more time they have, the harder it is, like that weed, to pull them out of our lives. You know, one of the giants we'll be talking about here in a few weeks is divorce. Too often, Casey and I have found ourselves talking to couples and, and the issues that they're, they're sharing with us, the, the difficulties that they're having in their marriage, they're giant problems, giant-sized problems. And what we find ourselves thinking is that, man, I wish we could have, I wish we could have started this dialogue a few weeks ago. Man, I wish we could have spoken to you guys a few months ago because I think we're looking at a giant now that's a lot bigger now than it probably was three, six, nine months ago. And sometimes in those conversations that we're having with these wonderful couples, um, it's, it's like pulling on that weed. It's like, man, this is hard work. So the week that we talk about that particular giant, we're not going to talk about the giant in its fully grown stage. We're going we're gonna to really talk about some keys to stop that becoming a giant. I don't want the giant of divorce to impact any of your families anymore. And I know some of you have been through that, and I know some of you probably wouldn't want to repeat that. But from this point forward, there are things we can do to stop that giant becoming a giant. So that particular week, rather than just talking about slaying the giant, we're going to talk more about slaying the things that would cause that giant to become a giant. I think any one of us who are married, even those who plan on one day getting married, would want to know, what can I do to prevent that giant entering my life? So this morning we've talked about the problem with giants. I'd love to tell you now, this is where it's hard because as I've been preparing this, I want to tell you the answer to defeating them. But you're going to have to come back next week. I'm going to leave you hanging here now. I've told you the problem with giants, and that's all you're going to get. So if you're visiting, you're from out of town, I apologize. We do have a website. You can download our messages next week if you can't wait. Because maybe you don't know how the story ends. And I'm not going to tell you. Now, if you want, you can read it. It's one chapter. It's 1 Samuel 17. It's got a great ending. There's a real cool giant slaying ending that comes about. And we're going to talk more about that next week because there's another character in this story. His name's David. We haven't even met him yet. But you wait till he enters the story and you wait till you hear how he handles this particular giant. 
Because we're going to learn next Sunday as we continue on in this, some real great keys about what David did, how he responded, how he slayed that giant. And then we're not just going to stop there. We're going to apply that and say, so how does that affect me today? Thousands of years later, what difference does that make in my life? And then following that, after next Sunday, the the Sundays after that, we're going to look at those individual giants. And I've actually asked some friends of mine who are, who are experts in this field. Let's, let's pull those five giants back up again. So it's debt, anxiety, divorce, loss, and doubt. And I've got some great friends who deal with some of these giants. They've, they've actually dealt with them head on themselves. I've got some other friends who on a daily basis are talking to people who are constantly battling one of these giants. And, and I've asked some of them to come and they're going to help me during this series. Some incredible people who are so wise and so insightful and so um, helpful because they've encountered these giants. So they're going to come over the weeks and, and they're going to help me through this series. But the greatest news for all of us here this morning as I wrap up and we're going to pray here in just a second... Is that even though we're talking about this giant slayer, his name is David, and we're going to find out how the story ends next week. I'm dying to tell you, but I don't want to spoil it, so you're just going to have to come back. Um, Even though we're going to find out how the giant was slayed next week, let me just tell you about one more giant slayer as we close out. Because we read that verse at the beginning, and I've printed these cards off because I want every one of you to take one of these cards home. This guy's name was Jesus. Listen to what he said, because I happen to think that Jesus is the greatest giant slayer of them all. You see, whatever giants we face in our lives, we may be able to defeat them. We may be able to overcome them. But eventually, every one of us is going to face one giant that none of us will be able to overcome. And that giant is death. And I happen to believe, as a follower of Jesus, that that isn't the end. That life continues, that we have a choice of where we can spend eternity. And this giant slayer, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, he slayed the greatest giant of them all. He slayed death. And because he did, we can have a relationship with Jesus. We don't need to worry about it. We can just have a relationship with Jesus. That's what will give us an eternity with God. And listen to what Jesus said. He says, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. He will be the key to us defeating some of these giants because he himself has overcome the world. So as you leave today, you're going to get one of these cards. I want you to put this somewhere where you'll remember it. Slide it in your Bible so you'll, you'll see it on a regular basis throughout this series. Maybe you need to, to put it on your, your mirror where you get ready in the morning or on your, your, your desk there at work so you can see this on a regular basis. Maybe you set it on your treadmill so every morning when you're down there working out, you'll see this. Maybe you set it in front of your, your, your maybe you stick it to the front of your refrigerator because you spend more time in front of your refrigerator than you do in a treadmill. That's okay, okay? Maybe that's where you'll see it more. But wherever you need to put it, put it somewhere so that you can be reminded on a constant basis, hey, these giants, Dave, you don't know how big this giant is. You don't know how intimidating. He shouts at me every time, hey, listen. Jesus said, listen, on earth you will face many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. We're going to look at that more in the next few weeks. So as you leave today, some folks are going to be giving out these cards. Keep a hold of these and come back next week. It's going to be a great wrap-up to the introduction. And the next few weeks, I am super excited about because I know these friends of mine who are going to come and help teach on some of these subjects. They're going to be really, really good. Can we pray together to close out this morning? Father, I just, I love this story of David and Goliath.
I love it. It's a great story about how um, with you all things are possible, that we can overcome giants in our life. And next week, we're going to find out some real significant keys as to how we can overcome those giants. And it's going to carry us through this series, Lord. But I know that if it's not one of those five uh, subjects I listed this morning, that every one of us at times have battled giants in our lives. And some of these keys will transfer, Lord, to any giant that we happen to face. But God, I don't believe, Lord, that you intended us to live lives where we're constantly being intimidated, constantly being beaten down by the giants in their life. I believe, God, that uh, you've, you've given us keys to battle and destroy the giants that are in our lives. So, Lord, would you help us identify those giants over the next few weeks and then learn uh, what we need to learn to defeat those giants in our lives. Thanks, God, for everyone that's here this morning, Lord. I just pray you'll be with them today as they they travel home, be with families that spend time together, Lord, and just uh, keep us safe, Lord, that we may return next Sunday and uh, continue on in this series. In Jesus' name we pray.